Welcome to Plan for Divorce, your next chapter with host Brooke Benson. Over the next hour, you'll learn from experienced professionals the options you have to make smart decisions in your own divorce journey. Now, here is your host. Hello, my name is Brooke Benson. Welcome to Plan for Divorce, your next chapter. I saw a wedding planning magazine and realized that people need the same kind of guide for getting unmarried. I don't advocate for divorce. In fact, I don't even get involved in relationship issues at all. But if you decide to end a relationship, or your partner does, I'm here to help with sensible, practical, and often low-cost ways to prepare for the split. Only when you know what you want can you work toward your own best outcomes. And there are many professionals with specialties in the area of divorce. This show is dedicated to hearing from them, compiling some of their best information, and incorporating it into my workbook by the same name. The workbook will be available for purchase, but the first five people to call in on this show will receive a copy free of charge. The phone number to call is 888-346-9141. Again, that's 888-346-9141. Today, we are very fortunate to hear from two proven experts in the area of self-care and divorce. In the workbook, Plan for Divorce, self-care is the first section of concern, certainly in my own personal experience and with many of my clients that I talk to on a regular basis, we forget to take care of ourselves and sometimes the shame and the guilt that go along with the process of getting divorced make us feel like maybe we're not even worthy of taking care of ourselves in the process of ending a marriage. My first guest today is a licensed therapist in Boston, Massachusetts. Una Metz wrote an article called, Why Don't We Talk, Really Talk, About Divorce. It was a local publication picked up by NPR. I read it through NPR's outlet, read the article, not listened to it. And come to find out after the fact that she has been recognized by the Aspen Institute for her work on this topic. So, Una, welcome to Plan for Divorce. You are the very first guest. I am so thrilled to have you here because so many of the things that you have said and written have really resonated with me. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this work? I sure can. Thank you, Brooke, so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited that you are doing this work, and I'm so excited to be your first guest. Uh, So a lot of firsts here. Um, So I've been a therapist right outside of Boston, as you you, uh, mentioned, for 30 years, and I ran support groups in my practice for about 15 years, and then I went through my own divorce. And when I went through my own divorce, I was really looking for other people who had been through the same thing um, to to talk to and 
it was hard to find, even though so many people go through divorce, it was hard to find those people. And so once I had gotten through my own divorce, I had the idea, since I already knew how to be a group therapist, to run support groups, divorce support groups for women. And then I started a group and it filled up immediately. I started another support group. That one filled immediately. And I started a third. And all three of those groups are still going today. And it's been about 15 years that I've been running them. So I have the privilege and the honor of every single week in my practice getting to speak to women who are who are going through the process and helping them navigate all the twists and turns. So something you said in a prior conversation that you and I had, just the two of us, was that people who are preparing for divorce really need to find their tribe. Can mm. you elaborate on that? Absolutely. I mean, so many of the women who come into my practice say to me, how is it possible that 50% of marriages end in divorce and I don't know anyone going through it? I mean, I think that divorce can be such a lonely life transition. It, it is, as I said, it's full of twists and turns. You know, so many people talk about the emotional roller coaster of divorce. And while there can be a lot of people who are really well-meaning, you know, your sister, your mother, your friends, they could be well-meaning and want to support you. But finding people who have been through it is really key, I think to being able to get through it in a healthy way. That's like having a baby. Don't you think, unless you've had a baby, you don't get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I always recommend that people find their tribe, their divorce tribe. Something I noticed uh, just organically with my own divorce is a lot of the couples that we ran around with are uncomfortable when somebody in the group gets a divorce. Can you talk a little bit about the sort of the consequences of of if you run in kind of a, a social group, what happens if your marriage is on the rocks? Right. I mean, there is that myth that sometimes people feel like divorce could be contagious, right? So stay away from the the person who's divorcing. Um, I think sometimes also couples might feel a little awkward, like they're not sure who to, you know, whose side should they be on or, and so I think the, the person who's getting divorced often finds that they have less invitations, and that can make life even lonelier. So I really suggest that people, when they're going through this, that they make sure that they're active in reaching out um, to their friends and to their loved ones. To take that one step further, when I got divorced, one of my, I thought we were very close girlfriends. Um, she said it kind of, you know, with humor, sort of jokingly, but she kind of said, I, I, you know, now that you're getting divorced, I'm not sure I want you around my husband. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked by this because I grew up with him and oh. we've never dated before. So I don't know why she thought suddenly I would be interested in something like that. But it definitely made me, um, I'm not very friendly to people's husbands as a result of that. Right. Which is really too bad that that well, still exists. That well, kind of- I think, and, and my personal take on that, and I'm I am not a licensed therapist, but what I took away from that is maybe that marriage 
is mm-hmm. not as secure as it looks from the outside. And I truly have no idea and it's not my business, but it was something that I thought about after the fact that if if she really feels like having me around would be problematic, maybe there's more to the story. Okay. You know, I think I think that's a really good point. I just want to say one more thing about that, which is it can be really useful to have somebody when you're going through a divorce who's neutral, like a therapist. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell my services. I'm my. You should. I, I absolutely <laughs> think you should sell your services. But, uh, I wish everyone lived in your area. But I really do believe in the benefit of having a therapist who can be a neutral party because I think you're right. As you were, as just as you were saying. Sometimes people will come to you with advice about divorce that's really has more to do with them, right? And so maybe they are in a bad marriage and they wish that they could get divorced and they're egging you on. Yeah, you should do it. You should get divorced because really they're kind of living through you, right? Or they feel stuck in their own marriage and they feel like they can't leave their marriage. So they don't want you to leave, you know, yours, So people come to it with their own filter. And so I do think it's important that you find a tribe. And I also think it's important that you have somebody who's neutral too. Right. Same thing I said in the workbook, um, again, drawing on my own experience is that most people don't want to hear it. I mean, I've realized that a lot of people, they're uncomfortable with the topic, whether it's has something to do with them or not. It's it's sort of bad manners to talk about divorce. And so I try to bring up the idea in the plan for divorce workbook that most people don't want to hear it, but you should and and try. I'm so grateful to you for introducing that word when we talked the other day. I didn't think of it that way, but I do suggest in the workbook finding a couple of people who really, no matter what, have your best interest at heart. And, and you know, to borrow a, an idea from social media, you know, when there's a celebrity breakup and you have team her and then team him, find the people who really are team you. Yes. And, and I think it is helpful to have those people to vent to and to tell your foul stories and get it out of your system so that then when you're interacting with other people out in the world, you're not compelled to say, well, let me tell you a story, you know, and, and it gives you an outlet for that, which I think as people, we kind of need to unload on someone. And, And, you know, maybe it's an out of town friend who's not involved in, you know, your social network. But, but I do think that, finding someone or a group of people to advise you during the process is healthy. I absolutely agree. And and frankly, that's really the primary reason that I do run the support groups that I run. And I think the people who are in them look forward to them every single week. And they're able to, sometimes they're able to hold some of the stuff that they're feeling. They don't have to call their friends every single day because they know, okay, my group's coming up on Tuesday. I just need to get till Tuesday and then I can tell my group. So, Sure. Okay. So self-care as a concept, um, you know, I think that, I mean, certainly for me, when I think of self-care, I'm thinking of like getting a massage or taking a vacation or something where I'm kind of pampering myself. But in the context of, let's say you're not yet in process of divorce, but it's something you're thinking about, or maybe you 
think your partner, you know, may be thinking along those lines. What are some self-care routines that you can implement and, and why should you give that a priority? Mm, that's a great question. And I think you're right. Oftentimes when people think about self-care, they think, oh, this is something that's going to be really costly or it's going to take a long time. But there's so many things that we can do to take care of ourselves um, that aren't costly and don't take a lot of time. And it is really important that people do put themselves first and take care of themselves, both on their own behalf and on their children's behalf. You know, I think especially as parents, we kind of put our kids first so often. And one of the most important things that kids need is happy parents and um, relaxed parents. And so if there are things that you can do for self-care that help you emotionally, that's going to help your kids as well. Um, Absolutely. And and that's why I put self-care as, you know, the first area and children are second, which Mm -hmm. is counterintuitive, certainly to how I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really is important that you make yourself stable and normal and model the behavior that you would want to see in your children. And I, I think it's important to give that some thought, like, you know, putting the oxygen mask on yourself first and then helping others. Um, Because as you say, it's hard to really serve your children if you're just a wreck who hasn't slept and isn't eating and is, you know, maybe drinking too much. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think people hope and wish that a divorce would go quickly. And in my experience running these groups, divorce takes a long time. So we really need to think of it more as a marathon than a sprint. And when you're going through a marathon, you have to take care of yourself, you know? And so I tell the people in my groups the same thing, like they have to take care of themselves. And the two primary things are what you just said, sleeping and eating. You have to make sure that you're eating enough and you have to make sure that you're sleeping enough. Um, And then there's a whole host of things that we can certainly talk about here um, that you can do to support yourself as well. So one thing I would like for you to talk about, since this really is your, you're the subject matter expert, I have noticed, I've looked at dating apps before um, most people my age are on dating apps to you know, meet a potential partner. It is remarkable to me how many people, I'm, I'm looking primarily at, at men, although I have a guy friend who shows me what women say, there's so many people on dating apps who are separated. Mm-hmm. Do you think that going out and meeting new people and dating is a form of self-care? Well, that's a great question. I think it really, really depends. I mean, I think, you know, you have to have your own your own judgment about the kind of morality and your religion and so on and so forth about whether or not it's okay to date before you're legally divorced. My own personal feeling is that's okay, but everybody has to come to that themselves. But I'll tell you what I see, Brooke, a lot of times in my practice, I see people who don't want to feel the pain of the divorce and they use dating as kind of a distraction from the pain. And oftentimes they're going out and dating a little bit too early on. And when you're going through a divorce, you have a very tender heart. 
you know, your heart is can be very tender and dating can open you up to a lot of rejection and, you know, people ghosting you. And, and so I, my recommendation always is that you spend a good amount of time dating yourself before you date other people, <laughs> if you're going through a divorce. Um, so I really want people to take the time to do the things that they want to do, to take the trip that they want to take, to take themselves out to the movie or out to dinner before they're dating other people. Um, so two things come to mind from what you've said. Um, number one, my it, my guy friend was showing me how many women there are who say they're separated. And this was before I was ever made a profile or anything like that. But he said, why would I want to go out with someone who's separated? What if I really hit it off with her? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was such a, he, I, I felt like he was being really vulnerable with me, which is unusual for him. But also, I also, I, I mean, I thought he was absolutely right. Why, why would anyone say they're separated and, you know, maybe they're quote unquote working on things, but they're also dating. So I just, I, I, I would expect that many of our listeners who are probably even as young as their 20s all the way into their 60s and 70s who are not currently in a relationship or on a dating app. So I kind of wanted to cover that. Um, there was something else that you said, though, about um, eating and sleeping. And I don't think any of us really think of that as like self-care, but being intentional about what you're doing with your body and your time really is a form of self-care, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you think of a body almost like a car, right? What does a car need? A car needs gas to go and car needs air and the tires, right? So your body needs food, needs fuel, to go. And if you think of sleep as being the air you put in your tires, you know, you're not going to go out and drive your car on an empty tank with no air in the tires and nor should you treat your body that way either. You know, some, some, no divorce is easy. Some are hard and some are traumatic, right? And if you are going through a traumatic divorce, you're going to store a lot of that trauma in your body. And so it's really important to take care of your body by eating and sleeping, and especially by moving your body, by getting some form of exercise in some way so that you can kind of move that trauma through your body. Even if you don't pay for a gym membership or do any sort of group exercise, you can still incorporate physical activity into your normal day. Absolutely. I mean, I have so many people who say to me, but I don't have time to go to a gym or I can't exercise an hour a day. And I always say like, that's ideal, but boy, oh boy, a little bit of exercise is so much better than none. And so if you can figure out ways to get a little bit of exercise, just five minutes here, five minutes there, you know, have a dance party in your kitchen every night after dinner, you know, um, or park really far away. When you go to Target to do your errands, park the farthest parking spot away rather than the closest one so that you get those extra steps in. You know, anything that you can do to help yourself move your body will help you emotionally. Can you tell us a little bit more about the support groups 
that you run. It sounds like you've obviously been at it for a while. Do you have um, specific topics that you that you cover? Do you have a, if somebody wanted to form their own informal group, what would you say? Oh, that's a great question. Um, the groups that I run, I don't have them, they don't have specific topics. Really, people um, are there to talk about anything that's related to the divorce. I always meet with people a couple of times individually before they come to the groups. And that way we can both go over what they're looking for um, to get out of the group and then develop some goals for them. So I think it's really important that people have goals for themselves as they're going through divorce or else it can just feel like you're kind of stuck in the in the muck. Um and I think if people are going to want to start their own groups, I think that's great. Figuring out what the confidentiality is going to be is really important. So it's almost as if I fed you a script because you said something that is really a topic I wanted to cover with you before our time together is over. Can you talk a little bit about how divorce can be a time of reinventing yourself? Um, we think of it as such a sad and lonely and you know often tedious process. And as you as you covered already, it it drags on forever. I mean, I have a good friend whose divorce dragged on for more than two years. I don't know how she survived that. I that would just finish me off. But a big theme in the workbook that I've written is how you can use this sort of unexpected freedom is really not the right way to say it, but you are becoming sort of untethered to another person. How does that lay the groundwork for future goals or, or reinventing, reimagining your own persona? That's such a good question, Brooke. You know, I think you're absolutely right that divorce, we think of divorce and divorce really can be such a difficult, challenging and uh, emotional time. But I really believe that it can also offer people um, an incredible opportunity to do things in a new way, to form a new opportunity. Um, I mean, excuse me, to form a new identity Um, oftentimes I have women that I see in my groups who are in their fifties and maybe they got married when they were 22, 23, and suddenly in their fifties, they have a whole new opportunity to figure out what do I like? What do I want? You know, they've been so focused on their spouse, their kids, what their work, what everybody else wants and needs from them. And one of the benefits of divorce is it really gives this opportunity for people to focus on what they want. And I see women coming through divorce being feeling stronger and more empowered. Um, There's some research out there right now that shows that 75% of women don't regret their, their divorce. And I think, you know, no one wants to get divorced. It's never the goal. Nobody says on their wedding day, oh, I think I want to get divorced. And It is really sad to go through it, but I do think people can really find um, some wonderful opportunities uh, when they get through the hard part. Can you suggest some resources if somebody, I I mean, I know there are all kinds of websites dedicated to divorce and recovery, but 
do you have favorite books or favorite um, resources that you share with people who are contemplating a split? Well, my new favorite um, book is your workbook, <laughs> Plan for Divorce, which you just sent me in the mail. And it's Your check's so- in the mail too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great though. I love that it's so readable. I love that you have worksheets in it. I love that there's places where you can color because coloring is a great form of self-care. So that's my new favorite, but I'll tell you a couple of my other new favorites. Um, so Maggie Smith is a poet And she has a brand new memoir out that's been on the New York Times bestseller list. Um, It's called You Could Make This Place Beautiful. And it's just such a beautifully written memoir about her divorce. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. It's, It's really good reading. She also had a book called Keep Moving that a lot of people like. And that came, that book came out of a series of inspirational um, Twitter posts that she had during her divorce. So that's another great one. Um, And then there's a really good financial book that's called Marriage is About Love, Divorce is About Money. It's by Gabrielle Clemens. Um, It's came out this year. And like your book, it has a lot of worksheets in it. It's very readable, has a lot of vignettes. And um, it's really helpful as a kind of a financial companion because finances are part of divorce. Um, so that's a, that's an important one. That's absolutely right. And I do have a whole section in the workbook and, and as part of this show also talking about how you can organize your finances as you break up with someone or get divorced from someone. And as a mortgage lender, I ask clients all the time, do you have an individual bank account? And like your story, your your, um, theoretical person earlier who maybe got married in their 20s and have been married for 30 years, oftentimes those people don't have an individual bank account. And and you've spoken a lot about your work with women, and I also work with lots of women. I frequently have a male client who's going through a divorce. And I've really been surprised by how many men have said, well, no, you know, she pays the bills, it's everything's joint. Well, I mean, this is sort of the time to start thinking about what your financial future independently of the marriage is going to look like. And most banks offer free checking. I mean, you can just cruise on down the street and find a bank and open your own account. And, you know, obviously lawyers are there to help you determine if something is community property. But I think part of it is just the mindset, right, of this is mine individually. Same with credit cards, opening your own credit card. Right. Starting to build your credit rather than have all credit cards be joint. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think we are running short of time, but I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here. And so many of the things that you and I have spoken about in preparation for this show have really resonated with me. So um, if you're listening, look for Una Metz, M-E-T-Z. She is in the Boston area, but I have a feeling we're going to hear a lot more from her um, based on her recent accolades. So, Una, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to hear, hear more from you. Thank you so much, Brooke, and um, good luck with the rest of the show. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So 
So I hope you enjoyed hearing from a professional counselor. I think there are so many of us who get informal counseling from our friends, our neighbors, people we come into contact with. And 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 as Una pointed out, I think many of those people are well-meaning and want to help. Um, but if you haven't experienced it, I, I think it's easy for someone to, no matter their true intentions, you know, say something that really could make the situation worse. So um, in the workbook that I am using as a guide for this show um, and really in my work with divorcing couples, I believe very strongly that there is a path forward. And in lending, we say we don't have to hurt one side to help the other um, because we can actually work with both sides to the extent that they're amenable to uh, having you know the same lender looking at two different scenarios. But it's true that having a marriage end well is a springboard to not only having a positive relationship with the other party going forward when there are children involved or even if there aren't, but also just kind of how you think about yourself as you begin to navigate um, some of the life experiences that you have typically had a partner for uh, on your own. And there have been some really wonderful opportunities that come about as a result of being on your own versus part of a couple. So thank you again to Una Metz. She is a wonderful resource and has been very helpful to me in writing this book. Up next, we have Angel Butler Diamant. Angel is the founder of Red Thread Divorce Consulting. Um, let's see if we have Una on the line here. I'm sorry, Angel. Not yet. Looks like maybe Angel has not joined us yet. Um, Angel is certified in all 50 states to coach high-conflict divorce um, parties through the courts. She is uh, has completed high-conflict divorce certification coach training, and she focuses on child custody issues, court preparation, combating false parental alienation claims, she helps with documentation, team building, mediation coaching, and co-parenting with a high-conflict personality. I think maybe we do have Angel here. Uh, maybe not. Okay, maybe she is 
having some technical difficulties. Angel is in Houston, Texas, and Houston is located in Harris County, Texas. Harris County has been in the news quite a bit lately for family court issues and uh, a lot of complaints about how family court is carried out in Harris County. And so I am looking forward to hearing from her more about her work. I'm not sure. Hello. Okay, I'm not sure Angel is going to join us. So if that's the case, then I would like to use this time to uh, describe the workbook in a little bit more detail. This is the book I wish I had had when I got divorced. Um, as Una pointed out, there are so many resources available to someone getting divorced. And I'm here in Texas. Una is from Massachusetts, but this really applies to all 50 states. Um, there are so many industries that have special either certifications or educational programs for people in that field. And an example that jumps to mind is realtors. So a realtor, someone who is helping you either buy or sell a property, the realtor can get a special designation to be a divorce specialist. And the significance of that Actually, in my own case, the first person who found out that I was getting a divorce was our realtor because we wanted to have an idea of what the house would sell for. We were intending to sell the house as part of the divorce, and I don't consider him a therapist at all, but we did confide in him that we were probably going to be splitting up and, and ask what we you know, what his opinion was of the value of our house. And so realtors have this designation and they can actually take training to work with people who are in process of divorce. And I think the certification helps that realtor anticipate some of the issues that come up when a divorce is in the mix. So, for example, my experience with divorce lending, I had a couple who was getting divorced and he really wanted to sell the house and the wife really didn't want to. And she was in the process of trying to figure out if she would be able to keep the property. And he really tried to force the sale and hired a realtor and put a sign in the yard and she was not on board with it. So this realtor fortunately had some experience in this kind of situation and was able to, um, I think, handle it really well. But realtors are not the only ones. There are wealth management people with specific training related to divorce. And um, certainly I, as a mortgage lender, have a uh, 
taken a lot of training specifically for working with divorcing couples. And I normally help the person who wants to keep the marital residence. Um, I can tell that person if he or she can afford to keep the house. And if they can't help make some uh, suggestions for housing, you know, for the future. But realtors, mortgage lenders, wealth advisors, I know there are others where if, if someone is experiencing a divorce and needs to bring in some help aside from the family lawyer, who's typically kind of the the quarterback or the architect of the process, there are so many services and uh, professionals willing to help outside of the marriage and family counselors who obviously have um, significant experience with the divorce process and the aftermath of divorce. So this show um, was developed with the idea that if you have some time to prepare yourself, you typically, I think most cases, hire a lawyer. Some people don't, and they do a pro se process where they represent themselves. But I, I think typically there's a family lawyer involved in the process. And that person is really tasked with helping guide the divorce through the legal channels, um, all the paperwork filings, dealing with mediation, um, kind of walking the parties through what the process is. But the family lawyer is not necessarily the one to be giving financial advice or counseling services. And as a cost savings effort, the the less that you can involve the attorney in the non-legal parts of divorce, the less money you'll spend. I mean, certainly an attorney can do all kinds of different things and they may be very skilled in additional areas, but they're really there to guide the legal part of it. So Plan for Divorce came about once I became aware through my mortgage lending career of all the services that are available to divorcing Americans. And as I began to work with these people, either on individual loans, you know, cases, or just through networking opportunities, as I began to share uh, what I'm doing and promote it on social media, I've had a number of people contact me to explain what they do and how they contribute during this transition or disruption in family life. So the workbook starts with self-care, which is why um, Una and Angel were invited to participate today to talk about how you can not only look out for yourself, but start to think of yourself in the driver's seat, uh, making decisions going forward and, and building the framework for what you want your life to look like. But then the considerations that frequently accompany a divorce. So the second area of material is related specifically to children of the marriage and on our next episode, we're going to hear from uh, a representative from some technology that has really made 
divorce with children so much easier. Um, Our Family Wizard is an app that parents can keep on their phones and it timestamps activities and keeps records that are really important when children are being transferred back and forth. So self-care being the first area and then children being the second And then, of course, financial, as uh, Una referenced, is a huge part of getting divorced. You're really kind of taking the helm with your own finances and not not family finances, whether you are going to, you know, have the children with you or not with you. You're having to really make your own financial decisions. And frequently, that can mean bringing in new professionals um, just to make a clean break, maybe for the sake of privacy. I had a lending client not too long ago ask me for a referral for a new CPA. She um, felt like her CPA had really kind of been brought in by her husband. And after the divorce was final, she wanted to have her own CPA to just help her and be you know, completely her advocate. So in the workbook, I have quite a few pages dedicated to the financial considerations when getting divorced, both assets and debt um, are addressed in the process of divorce. Assets are, I think courts generally try to divide assets evenly Um, The same is true for debt. Some of it depends on which party incurred the debt, Um, but both assets and debts get treated and need to be inventoried. So there are pages in the workbook dedicated to writing an inventory of your assets uh, in the marital estate and making a list of the debts in the marital estate. And it's part of the reason that hiring someone to help with the real estate is so important because if you think you are the person who will keep the marital residence, you need to know that you're being underwritten as an individual, not burdened with all of the joint debt you share with your partner. And part of the job for the family lawyers is to decide how that debt either gets paid off in the divorce or how it is assigned to each party. So as a divorce lending specialist, we look at the final decree of divorce and and how the court is dividing up these debts between the two parties so that we can offer loan approval based on just the profile of, of the one person who will be keeping the home. So then the fourth section of the workbook is really kind of a catch-all. I've been using the term additional considerations because as I talk to my lending clients who are in process of divorce, I've heard quite a few stories of things I had not really considered that add another dimension to a personal breakup. And I'm going to probably say this every episode, but when I say plan for divorce, I really mean a personal breakup, whether you were legally married or not, 
or whether you're opposite sex couple, same sex couple, I believe the information in this workbook is helpful to anyone who is contemplating a personal breakup. There are, I have heard the term business breakup, and I know that that exists. This is really geared more toward your personal uh, life and, you know, your family life. So splitting from another person in a, a private relationship. So these additional considerations that are the fourth topic in this, the radio show and the workbook include things like having a special needs child and whether that child is young or maybe is an adult by the time the parents break up, having a special needs child uh, can sometimes indicate additional expenses, um, considerations for housing, uh, medication, disability, employment of that person. There are so many factors that add an overlay to what I think of as typical kind of child custody issues or visitation issues. Uh, Another topic, unfortunately, I hear so much about is domestic violence and mistreatment, abuse in a marriage or intimate partnership. And the workbook actually has a checklist for uh, if you find yourself in that situation, how to prepare to leave the relationship, because statistically speaking, the most dangerous time in a woman's life is when she leaves her intimate partner. So the concept of planning for a divorce or planning for a split becomes even more salient if there is abuse in the home. So um, there are all kinds of resources for someone experiencing domestic violence. And the workbook really tries to just uh, point that out. Depending on where you are, there are going to be different kinds of resources available. But emergency shelter is uh, obviously a primary consideration. And then the last section of the workbook and also content for this broadcast is how to get it done. If you and your partner agree to split or if your partner splits and you're, you know, left, or if if you're the one who's going to initiate the breakup, there are different ways to get it done. Um, Typically here in Texas, each party hires a lawyer and the parties are required to mediate before there's an opportunity to go forward in family court. And mediation, I believe, has become very popular across the country. In a way, it's a little counterintuitive because the goal is to get you to agree with the person you like the least right now. So uh, it's a strange process, and I believe that each party who participates would benefit from some training ahead of time, but that's not always a possibility. So mediation is uh, just something that we deal with, and if it fails, and it can, certainly has, then the parties move on to family court, but there are other ways to get it done. Uh, the press a process where 
either each party represents him or herself, or if it's amicable and the couple agrees to divorce, um, they can fill out the paperwork available on the internet. It does require having to do some research um, for your Sorry, we are having another technical difficulty. To know what your county requires in terms of paperwork. Um, there can also be waiting periods, um, fees involved. So if you are representing yourself or if you and your spouse are trying to manage the process together. Um, you've got to make yourself aware of what the process is in your county to get, you know, see it through to completion. Um, another possibility for a divorce is collaborative divorce, which I have learned quite a bit about. It is a very different process from um, kind of the traditional hire a lawyer and mediate. Collaborative divorce has all kinds of different roles that are expected to play a part and very specific format so that there is agreement by each party as the process moves along. And I believe, although I'm not an expert on collaborative divorce, but I believe it's most popular with people who really want to keep the details of their breakup private. And the agreement takes place and is um, really buttoned up legally. Uh, and the only documents filed are the dissolution of the marriage without an inventory of assets and kind of who got what. But collaborative divorce seems to me to be a process by which you can voice your own concerns, get your needs met, um, reach compromise, and be able to live with the outcome. It may be a little bit easier on the family unit as a whole if there are children involved, only because the premise is that both parties are going to agree prior to any sort of you know, court involvement. So collaborative divorce. Um, I know that there are other ways that people dissolve their marriages. It's typically when either one party cannot be found or one party is uh, in prison, one party flees the country. Uh, there are attorneys that will specialize in this kind of case and getting a judgment or a, I think it's a some sort of a default situation where the other party does not appear and it does not participate. But that is also uh, mentioned in the workbook that if you are in that situation and uh, the person you want to be divorced from is in prison, there is a way to get it done. So it's a special set of concerns. Um, also, referenced in the workbook because I have encountered clients dealing with this is um, your soon-to-be ex. We abbreviate that STBX, your soon-to-be ex. Um, 
I had a situation recently where a client said that her soon-to-be ex had been accused of a crime. And she was trying to navigate that process in conjunction with divorcing him. And it definitely changed the pattern of what we would call a normal divorce. So if if that has happened, uh, you need to find an attorney who really specializes in criminal work and how that's going to affect your family. Um, kind of along the same lines, if if you or if you think your ex stands to be deported, that's a situation where it's most likely worth your money to pay someone who has experience with immigration laws um, because there are just all kinds of considerations there and including, you know, whether you have children with this person. So the workbook is designed to be a guide. Um, Not everyone is going to have these issues. And I have learned speaking with clients every week, every day, who are experiencing divorce, that every divorce is different. Um, Military-connected divorces, I didn't understand until I began doing VA loans that are in the context of divorce. There are special considerations for military families. And if you are military-connected, it's important to find an attorney who understands that and maybe even an attorney who understands how the VA administers the loan program. So um, I certainly have experience lending in a military divorce scenario, and I know that there are other experts as well. Military families um, are very different in some ways. And I think that the people, the men and women who defend our country and really value patriotism and loyalty um, above self, have an especially hard time with a personal breakup. So that's just kind of an overview of what you can expect in the Plan for Divorce workbook. I really appreciate you listening today. Next week, be sure to tune in for more information on the technology available to divorcing parents. Ken Dorsey from Our Family Wizard will tell us how the app's timekeeping uh, abilities help busy parents with record keeping. Also, we will have family lawyer Daryl Weinman share some insights into her process. So this is Brooke Benson. Please join us next week at the same time. And until we talk again, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to Plan for Divorce, Your Next Chapter with host Brooke Benson. We hope today's episode has given you a new perspective on divorce and food for thought as you make some important decisions. Until we talk again, hang in there. You are not alone.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more 